Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily podcast on the Washington Redskins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Ben Standing here talking to you guys Monday afternoon, a few a couple hours before the national championship game in college football between Alabama and Clemson. A lot of interesting prospects there, some of which, some of those guys on defense, some of those guys could get drafted by the Redskins. You never know. And if they do, the question is, who is going to be coaching them on defense? That is a question that's come up, of course, over the last few days as the Redskins release or or decide they're not going to bring back Joe Barry. And now more and more interview, uh, more and more names are getting thrown into the mix for that job. I want to talk a little bit about that. And then also later, I want to play for you guys a one-on-one interview I had with Ricky Jean-Francois before, uh, on the last day that the, before the Redskins cleaned out to go home. It's a little bit, uh, I don't want to say dated, because uh, we talked a little bit about you know the season, and obviously so much has already changed in terms of Joe Barry. But obviously Ricky is a very interesting guy, to say the least, frank and honest. Uh, is not afraid, afraid to give opinion, and it's a really good uh, <clears throat> talk with him. So I'll play that for you guys at the end here um before we get into all that just a quick reminder you can find all of our podcasts on itunes or audio boom or anywhere else you do your podcasting you should also one other thing i'll just mention since i mentioned the nfl draft part of the locked on sports network there is a daily nfl draft podcast check that out on lock go to the uh, go to itunes check out locked on sports you'll find the nfl draft podcast there hopefully I'll, I'll have those guys on at some point in the near future myself and of course i'll be talking a lot about the draft as we go forward but right now let's talk a little bit about the defensive coordinator sp- situation just before i started doing this podcast the redskins announced directly that they have interviewed former browns head coach mike Petton for the defensive coordinator job the basic background on Petton, he had he had a, a experience with rex ryan um particularly in New York before he got the job into Cleveland where he went two years. Look, the Browns are terrible. They've been terrible. So the fact that Penton didn't have a ton of success isn't surprising, although the first year actually wasn't so bad. But things went things went downhill quickly from there. I reached out to a source that I have in the, who, who covers the Cleveland market and the and, – and, you know, again, I think everything was prefaced with, boy, these are the Browns. you got to be, you know, be leery of – And so I reached out to a league source rather familiar with the Browns situation, and I asked some questions about the, the couple years with Petten. And everything is prefaced by saying, look, it's the Browns. It's sort of like that movie with Jack Nicholson. It's Chinatown. <laughs> you just have to sort of understand this. Things work a little bit differently here. Petten did have good success that first season. I think it was 7-9 and nine the Browns went. But things went downhill from there. Among the comments I was, I was told was that basically – 
Petten moved up the ranks pretty quick from high school coach all the way up to an NFL head coach. And that you could sometimes see a little bit of that high school coach come out in the process. To some degree, there was a sense of, um, you know, he may have lost the team late in that stretch. Again, I preface everything by saying it's Cleveland. You you know, there's so much going on there negative-wise that it's hard to probably pin too much on any coach. And they've had, obviously, just a, tr- a, a uh, turnstile of, of different people come in there. Um, that said, you know, look, obviously his defensive credentials seem pretty legitimate. If you look at some of the defensive rankings that he's had with when he was with the Jets and with the Bills, you can understand why he was hired by Cleveland in the first place and why a team like the Redskins could be interested. One thing I do want to look up, though, I, I'm, I, I think about this with Sean McVay, and I think about this with Gus Bradley, who's another name that's been bandied about with regards to the defensive coordinator job, and that is, does it make sense to trumpet their def- their unit's rankings if the head coach is oversees that side of the ball as well? To use the Redskins as an example, yes, Sean McVay is the offensive coordinator, but Jay Gruden, what, what is Jay Gruden sitting in the corner saying, okay, go ahead, Sean, run the offense. I'll just stay over here even though I've been running offenses my whole life. I don't think that's how it works. I think Jay is is active and involved. Now, he's he's the head coach. He has to look at the whole deal. And therefore, you know, on Sunday, it's play calling. Fine, McVay is involved. But even up to that point, I'm sure Jay is highly involved with the idea of, well, here are the things we'd like to do in these situations. So, you know, Gus Bradley with, with Seattle, he, he was part of those defensive teams w- with the Seahawks that had a lot of success. Pete Carroll, a defensive guy. So, you know, are we just saying that uh, Pete Carroll sat in a corner and didn't do much either, that, that Gus Bradley is the quote-unquote architect of that defense? I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's hard to know. But what I do want to go look up is, is to sort of track some of these other recent hires over the last few years and see how many times has a coach come from, you know, the same side of the ball as as a coordinator has come from the same side of the ball as, a, as another coach and – versus the opposite and how has that translated if anything uh to success so anyway mike Petton is is the first official name that we know about my other names they're definitely going to hear some about you've got linebacker coach greg minuski who remains on the roster he has previous defensive coordinating coaching experience wade phillips i know a lot of people are excited for the redskins to take a look at him he's still under contract with denver as denver ponders what it's going to do with its head coaching job that so he could he could be kept on board depending on the new coach, or he could uh, be out. <clears throat> I, I doubt Rex Ryan gets involved, but obviously he's another name that's out there. And, and you know, and again, Gus Bradley as well. So some interesting names. Um, I, I would say, if nothing else, if you go check out BreakingBurgundy.com, which is where you can find my written work. Uh, one of my uh, writers, uh, Manny Benton, he had, a, he had a post on Gus Bradley today, explained why he doesn't quite get the fuss over Gus. And I know he's going to have something up on Mike Petton today as well. So I'd say go check that out. Uh, one other just thing, uh, if you haven't seen this yet, I did r- a report on Breaking Burgundy. That A minor point, sure, but that Josh Evans, who was with the team twice during the season, who came back, Late in the season, week for week 17, actually, when Dante Whitner was at, was placed on the injured reserve, the Redskins signed him not just for week 17, and actually it turns out they actually signed him 
for 2017 as well. I, I mention this because if you look at most uh, uh, most people covering the team, they'll say the Redskins have 16 unrestricted free agents. It's actually 15 because Evans isn't there. I, I, I didn't necessarily catch that at first, but I was, 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 was sort of uh, told of this yesterday and wrote about it and, and confirmed it with the NFLPA website. So, you know, it's a little more depth and, and, and maybe the interesting tie as uh, and I'll give credit to uh, the guy who runs Burgundy blog for this, that, you know, I hadn't thought about this, but Josh Evans, he, he basically was a starter for three years at Jacksonville with Gus Bradley there for most of that time. So something to keep an eye on, although I doubt Redskins would make a hire or even sign a player based on that. So food for thought there. Um, all right, but let's get to this. Here, here's my interview with Ricky Jean-Francois. Um, again, recorded this the day the Redskins were uh, heading out of town after uh, losing to the Giants in week 17. We'll, I'll have, I still have a few other player interviews to go through, but uh, here we go with Redskins defensive lineman Ricky Jean-Francois. Right, we're here with uh, Redskins defensive lineman Ricky Jean-Francois. Uh, Ricky, you were gracious to talk to us for a while yesterday after the game, and I know it, you, you needed a minute to collect your thoughts, and even as we were all talking, it, you, I could tell you were still sort of searching for answers to questions that maybe it's hard to think of now that you've had a few hours to sleep on what happened in the loss yesterday and maybe what happened to you guys this season what'd you come up with it wasn't a consistent team it wasn't a discipline team it wasn't a focus team i don't blame anything on them coaches because all them coaches you do is make a play as players we have to, to execute those plays when we didn't it showed on the field even when we had the opportunity to play against big teams on big stages we we never shown up. It's just like every time we played teams like Dallas on the big stage, didn't show up. Pittsburgh on the big didn't show up. New York, who damn near almost feel like they gave us a chance to win the game last night. We, we just never show up. I, I don't understand why. And and that's when I just believe that's when players, real players who who don't have that household name, become the household name. And the discipline, and everybody playing as one, and not just playing as an individual, will actually show. But. At the end of the day, we put ourselves in this position. I don't blame no coaches out there because not, all they can do is just write on a piece of paper, show us the play we need to run, and that can happen. As players, we we needed to take control of the situation because we, we're the one that wanted to go to the playoffs, not those coaches. The coaches were just coaching us to be in a position to go to the playoffs. We should want it to be in the playoffs by ourselves, but see, it didn't work out that way. Based on that, your guy clearly is not afraid to speak his mind. If you get the ear of Jay Gruden or Scott McLuhan or whomever it is, what would you say to them is the thing that for you would be a big emphasis uh, as they're looking to, to uh, shape this roster for next year? Make sure you make that roster. Make sure you, you make sure you have discipline over every last player that you bring in and make sure they have the mindset of always coming in here and starting fast and never starting slow. And that, that, that's really that's really about it because it showed throughout the season. Starting, you need to have a mindset of starting fast Stop starting slow, and we got to make sure we, we, we just had that discipline as players to learn how to not be as individuals but be as one. Because when you're as one, we win by numbers. But when we start playing the individuals, that ain't going to happen. Um, the defensive line is where you uh, call home starting the season. It was an area where a lot of people thought it's about you, Chris, and so on, that maybe collectively it was not the unit that was going to maybe hold up over the course of a season. Based on some of the numbers, especially on the run defense, maybe one can make that argument now. What do you say to those who would say that the, that the defensive line is an area where the team needs to uh, make adjustments with personnel going the next year? 
I remember last year everybody talked about our run defense. They were just talking about it started up running. It always do. We tell ourselves on the way to get, on the way we, a game is going to be won or a game can be changed. You got to stop the run game. This year we 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 got in on that. Baker got make sure he got better with it. Um, and you put the shield on. Uh, Baker Baker got better at it. Ziggy got better at it. I got better at it myself because we knew that was one area that needed to be fixed. And I don't know statistically how it looks, but it, it felt like we, 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 did, we did a great job. And hopefully next year we can actually stick with those guys. I understand that Ziggy's a free agent, Chris Baker's a free agent, and Jinx is a free agent. So I know that room's going to change, but I just hope for the best upstairs to make the correct decisions to, to, to keep to keep guys like Chris Baker, keep guys like Ziggy Hood, keep guys like Jenkins because they, they helped throughout this whole season. And if they don't feel that way, like I said, this business don't take it per- I said this business don't take this personal. Uh, even in terms of how like, I'm, I'm talking about it from the standpoint of like the personnel, but you, you guys on the defensive line clearly all seem to like each other. You guys have a lot of fun. I don't mean that you guys are professional, but you know, you guys are, uh, clearly enjoy each other and, and often are the life of the room in here when we're, when we're in here. Probably all these guys won't be back. Just from a personal standpoint, how is it? How weird is that that you have these friends and then you know it's a business, but nonetheless, some of these guys aren't going to be back to be part of the next year. If, you're, if that's really your friend, you won't have to worry about it. If he's here or not, you're still going to keep in contact with him. You're still going to talk to him. I got dudes who I don't play with on different teams that I still talk to. They don't, they don't other teams or they retire. If, you, if that's your real friend, believe me, I'll always keep contact. You won't get mad at anything if. if Somebody leaves and, and going first take on another team. You can't get mad if that's your friend. They'll be there for you no matter what. Uh, obviously, we're, the off season is coming probably quicker than, than everybody thought. What what are you? Uh, what are your plans? You stick around here? Are you going back to Louisiana? I'm be back, man. I'm going back to Miami just to you know relax. I'm not going to start training no time soon. I'm just going to you know just relax and just just get back to my family mode. Start uh, you know. Hanging out with my son, taking him places, hanging out with my soon to be wife, soon to be married in uh, June 20th. Uh, June 20th. Oh, I'm saying the wrong date. Um, but, you know, I'm just, just going to get more in tune with myself. So it can help me become a better player. Well, that's uh, awesome personal news. Congrats. Congrats on that. Any, uh, that, that sounds like the wedding will consume most of your uh, offseason when Trini does anything else. You, you think about what you're going to do during the offseason? That's 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 the hard part. I actually want don't have a, a long off season, but now I got to start doing my wedding stuff, so that's funny. But this off season just gonna be more being focused on me and my body and my mind, just to make sure I'm the, I'm that player when when it's time to come back next year. If changes are made, I want to prepare for whatever change that may happen in this building. Because like you said, if it's going to happen. I know you said you put this on the players, not the coaching staff. A lot of people on the outside who look at it, fans in particular, think, "Hey, Joe Barry." It hasn't been working, in their opinion. Do you? How, how much confidence do you? Do you? How much confidence does this defense have in that guy uh, running running the running things from the st- uh, strategy standpoint? I don't know from other players. You know, what they have with Joe B. Well, to me, for Joe B. I understand why Joe B. made his call. I understand why Joe B. made his decision. I understand why Joe B. did a lot of things. I just can't put it on him because he gave us a play. We needed to execute it. We didn't. Sometimes second guess it. Sometimes we didn't go fully in on it. So. As it showed on the field, it was just everybody wasn't sure of his defense, and is and if you're not sure, um, not sure since OTA last year, it's like going into the season. It's kind of difficult to 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 actually run certain calls. But I don't put it on him because all he did was give us a call. 
He gave us the place. He told us where to study. He showed us what we need to see. And if we don't execute at the end of the day, who's going to look bad? Not us. He's going to he's gonna catch the heat. Like, he's going to catch the heat this offseason. And I feel bad for him because we put him in that position. He shouldn't be in that position at the end now, but that's part of the business. Speaking of the heat, you're going to catch any Miami Heat games wired in Miami? Although no. <laughs> the one way going, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not I'm not stepping foot to that triple A. Might be for a concert, but for basketball I will go to the Heat basketball game in Chicago when uh in Chicago, uh, when the Bulls come back down to Miami, I go just to see D Wade play, but to go to the Heat game now. Yeah, it's not it's not a good year for them and I under, understand. Hey Ricky, I really appreciate your time. Uh you were voted the uh media good guy award. I voted for you. I don't know about all these people, but I get but I gave you the vote. So uh thanks for all your help all this year and uh, you know Good luck with the wedding plans, and we'll see you again in a few weeks. Thank you. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.